On this episode of This is Game Boy, how do you make an alien's baby sleep? <laughs> you rock it. Welcome to a, another episode of This Is Game Boy. I am E Bloody Candy, and with me for big episodes, as always, is Mullah. Hello there. Hello there. Uh, so yeah, before we dive into our very bouncy episode, uh, let's give an update on what we've been up to. Uh, Mo, what have you been up to? I haven't been doing much, to be perfectly honest. Um, I made myself just play through Picross 2 before playing anything else uh, for, for like portable pleasure because this game needs to be over with. Um, <laughs> at, at least for me it needs to be over with and taking a break in between every time I was like, ah, then it's just gonna last longer. Um, so, so I'm just uh, doing it in one go now and I've been doing it for like, what... A month and a half or something. Um, yeah, a long I, time. Yeah, I, I crossed the 100 hour mark in total. Um, I think I'm at 107 hours currently. Um, and I have six pictures to go. And that translates to uh, uh, 24 15 by 15 puzzles. So I should be done next stream or within two streams. Um just the biggest biggest hurdle with Big Cross 2 is that like you really need to concentrate on it. At least I do because I'm not like super good at it. Like I I can do it, but I'm not super good at it. So I'm like not very active. Um that's why I'm also just playing music in the background while I say numbers for two and a half hours basically <laughs> trying to count that that's basically how it goes so so the streams haven't been like really active and i wouldn't say not fun um that that's certainly not true uh but it's like very very casual laid back chill stream most of the time because like I don't even have any emotions during that stream. It's just, <laughs> hi guys, I'm I'm playing Picross again. Um, just dead inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not that I'm dead inside because again, I, I like Picross. I think it's a really cool game, but like for a system challenge, this is just absolutely ridiculous. Like the amount of content yeah. this is just. Well, absurd. I mean, like you spent a hundred hours <laughs> in the game. That's literally the. A third of the amount of time I've done with my Game Boy Challenge, and I just finished 237 games last night. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, this is the longest game I've done so far. The second place goes to uh, surprise, surprise, Picross One, <laughs> which was 36 hours. But I mean, that was that was like the right amount, I guess. Yeah, it's like a, the double of the amount of a normal puzzle game on Game Boy. Basically, this is just completely out there uh but yeah i'm almost done i can finally uh put it to rest thank god um and again not that i'm not enjoying playing picross but it's just i'm over it it's 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 been enough for me so what's uh, this the last one for you too right 
Yeah, there's the only yeah. two on, on Game Boy. Uh, Picross 2 is actually the third Mario Picross game. The other yeah. one is uh, Super Picross for Super Nintendo, but thank God I don't have to do that. <laughs> but again, that, that game is actually also only like 30 hours. Um, I, I have no idea how they did it. Um, I thought this was one of the biggest Game Boy cards or something, but it's literally as big as any other because there's nothing in it. It's just squares and... and yeah. that's it so it's not even a big game or anything but it's crazy that they put that much in it and it shows that they could have put even more in it if they <laughs> wanted to uh so yeah thank god for that um so yeah that's all i've been playing on game boy i'm very looking forward to playing a few actiony games after this before diving into more puzzles because i i have so many puzzle games left it's uh it's probably gonna kill me Same. um but besides that, like in my own free time, I haven't been gaming that much either, actually. Um, sometimes when I'm like, when I have to wait an hour or an hour and a half before I have to do something else, I just put in uh, Tony X Pro Skater 1 plus 2. Uh, because I really do would like to have the Platinum Trophy in that, but it's literally just getting to level 100, which is bull****. Um, <laughs> Like, I think I have two characters left in career mode to finish everything with and, and all their own challenges and things like that. Um, I've done a majority of the random challenges in the game. Uh, I think there's like a counter that... I'll, I'll just say a random number. Let's say there's 800 challenges in the game you can do. I've done 600 of them, give or take. Um, and I'm still only level 85, so there's 15 levels to go. Uh, they, they really didn't balance that correctly, and I was hoping they would patch it a little better, but they didn't, so... One day I'll get that trophy, but... It, it, it sucks that they did it like that, because otherwise I would have been done with that game uh, already. And I feel like for a game like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the challenges are fun and all, but once you have completed the game with every character in the game you should be done it, it should just be over but no uh, but yeah that's the opinion of a lot of people but sadly they're not uh, they're not really uh changing it anyways um and besides that sometimes i also pick up sekiro um I'm getting to the end but there's one boss now that I absolutely cannot beat like I don't even understand how to do anything. Um, I've, I tried for two hours and I just get one or two hits and I'm dead. Um, like, I don't know how to do this at all. Um, luckily, I can still play a little bit of the game somewhere else, so I'm doing that. But this is another game that I just, like, I play for, like, an hour or two hours and then uh, I don't get sick of it, but it is a lot of concentration because it's a really hard game and um, my hands get tired as well because there, there's like a lot of blocking and dodging you two have to do so um, after a while I, I just tire out of it so I put it aside but I'll, I'll get there one day again I guess uh, hopefully because that boss is, is absolutely crazy and apparently he's the second hardest boss in the game uh, for people who have played Sekiro it's it's uh, uh, the fight with Owl in the past uh, if that's tells you anything like I, I can't do it I, I don't understand him um, that's the Dark Souls Samurai game right yeah yeah um, I, I wouldn't even call it that it, it 
Um, or the people it, that made Dark Souls or whatever. Yeah, it is it from Software indeed, but this plays... It plays more like a rhythm game um, than, a, than a fighting game. I know that doesn't make any sense if you're not playing it yourself, but uh, it, it's basically one-on-one fights throughout the entire game, except for when you're like traversing through the stages. But once you come across an enemy that's like a mid-boss or a boss, it, it basically turns into a, a reaction game and a rhythm game. Like, you have to yeah, put in the, the <laughs> good controls or, or inputs at the correct time or you will get destroyed. But yeah, for that boss, I, I just can't do it. Maybe my brain can't grasp it. Um, well, yeah, that's literally all I've been playing, so not much. Um, I'm not super enjoying my gaming moments at the moment. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it will get better. I, I think after Picross 2, I'm going to take like a, a week break from streaming or, or something. And, uh, and then just play some other games for once in my yeah. life. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's everything I've been doing. Uh... <clears throat> I've been playing a lot of WoW Classic lately, which I think might come to a slow stop here soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, as most of you know, if you follow WoW, Burning, the Burning Crusade Classic came out like a month or two ago, and uh, we're basically at the end of Phase 1, which was you know the first set of content to come out, and uh, we're all waiting for Phase 2 to come out, but... Uh, since all I do is dominantly raid or PvE content, my raid team is changing raid days, so there's a chance that I won't raid anymore, which means I won't play Classic WoW anymore. <laughs> so uh, there's a chance that my weeks start to get freed up again. Um, on top of that, I started playing League of Legends with friends again because it's like I haven't talked or hung out with my friends in a year and a half due to COVID. And all they play is League of Legends. So I was like, alright. I'll bite. I'll, I re-downloaded League of Legends after like eight years of not playing it. <laughs> and uh, I play like one or two games a night with them now. Just so I can hang out with them. Yeah, uh, there are better games to do that with. <laughs> but there yeah. are. I, I, oh, I agree. I don't like oh, League, what... League of Legends at all. Yeah. But... Uh, that's what my friends are into, so that's what I'll play with them if I if I what it takes to hang out with them. Yeah, I I hate league. I everything about league I hate. So, <laughs> um, yesterday I guess I did Beavis Butthead for the Game Boy, which was actually a really cool game. I've played it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it only took me like an hour this time around. I got lost I think once because I forgot where the police station was, but um cool game like i i i wouldn't mind throwing some runs at it honestly because it is a really easy game with a lot of weird glitches i would say the hardest part is the sewer so but otherwise yeah. cool game uh and then i played parasol Hinby. that mm-hmm. game is freaking awesome it's the most bare bones simple game in the world but that game is phenomenal because it's all about health management <laughs> <laughs> yeah Um, amazing Japanese exclusive uh, and very hard to find Uh, a loose copy is kind of sort of cheap but with shipping because it has come from Japan it's about $30 in shipping because COVID and uh, a complete in box of it is like 300 bucks so 
Wow. Yeah. So you can find a loose copy of it by the the cover of it is adorable. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla second DLC, which is their final big DLC, Siege of Paris, came out uh, last week or something like that. This was the DLC I was super, super stoked about because, like, this was the big, like, Vikings invade Paris. Like, this was, like, the big moment in Viking history as, like, trying to break through the walls of Paris. And the Mm. DLC sucked so bad. (laughs) And I was like, no. I'm like, how? Like, Wrath of Druids was... I'm I'm not big into, like, Ireland or Ireland history or anything like that at all. But that... but. The Wrath of Druids DLC was phenomenal. Like, one of the best Assassin's Creed DLCs I've played. And I was like, so I was really, really stoked for Siege of Paris. I'm like, if they did that good on Wrath of Druids, I can't imagine what Siege of Paris is going to be like. And we get into Siege of Paris, and all the colors are just, just drowned out. The music is awful. The French voice acting is a just atrocious <laughs> like like the worst fake french accents i've ever heard in my life and i'm just like what the hell like this is the biggest moment for the vikings and you screwed it so i was a little <laughs> upset by that i didn't even 100 percent the dlc i literally just wow. played through the campaign and it took me eight hours i was like i'm done i'm not even gonna go back and 100 percent it that's how that's how bad it was that's sad. uh yeah I was very disappointed. Um, they introduced two new weapon types. A one-handed sword, finally. It only took them a year to put that into the game. And, and then they gave you a scythe. In the Mind you, the scythe is crazy overpowered. Two hits, and you basically kill a person with a scythe. And I was like, alright, well, I'm just going to go back to my old weapons to make the game fun again. So, <laughs> um, And then in my quote-unquote gaming spare time, I play Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, getting through a realm reborn right now and into heaven's ward so I can get to Stormblood and and uh, whatever the other one other expansion is called no idea yeah uh, but yeah no that's what I've basically been doing uh, I kind of just started getting back into playing games and streaming again honestly because I took a pretty big hiatus to like focus on me uh, hiatus, I guess, like break, you know, I had a couple mm-hmm, streams mm-hmm. here and there, but like nothing, nothing like crazy, like every day or whatever else. But yeah, no, like I, I'm re- I'm just now slow rolling myself back into everything again. So, uh, I'm hoping to get more retro stuff out. Like there's a bunch of like Beavis Butthead games. I actually want to play that are on PC. So, um, I actually want to start diving into some of the, some of the Sega stuff, even though I'm not a big Sega fan. So, Probably expect that in the future, but yeah, nothing much really. Um, a lot of MMOs right now, just because. <laughs> Apparently, that's, yeah. Well, that's just what you know. That's just what's there to like. To it, it's it's the best time waster, honestly, because it's like I can start a Game Boy game, then I have to put it down, and it's like okay, I forgot where I left off, or I have to like pause, like so put right down a password, or like if I'm playing on an emulator, which I rarely do, I have to save state. Like, MMOs are just easy. Like, you boot it up, play it for a couple hours, hit the X button or Alt F4, and you can pick right up where you left off. Like, there's no, like, writing down a password or remembering. It's just an easy, like, pick-up-and-go game. So, or genre, rather. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's all I've been up to. I mean, obviously, like side stuff for legs and whatnot. I'll eventually get manual scanned again. I've actually found all <laughs> of my Game Boy label scans. So <laughs> that's a start. Yeah, all like two hundred and five of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of them. It's not even up to date. I have more that I just never scan, so I'll probably just rescan everything again. But uh, yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Uh, and then this episode, I guess I guess I played this game too for this episode. I guess I add right. that onto the list. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. this episode we have. Chavo 55, which is a game with a very interesting uh, history, so stay tuned and we'll get right back into it. Welcome back, everybody. So yeah, Chavo 55. Uh, just a quick general overview of Chavo, I guess. Uh, the game came out February 21st of 1997 um, in Japan. I believe this is a Japanese ex- exclusive game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, developed by Japan System Supply. Um, published by Japan System Supply. I've also saw Nintendo also publish this as well, too, so... I've seen both names in correlation to publishing. Um, yeah, may, maybe a, <clears throat> a reprint or something that yeah. Nintendo did. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Japan System Supply, nobody will probably know, but they have been around since... nine. Well, they had been around since 1985, <laughs> uh, but the company went out of business uh, in uh, 2000, I believe. Um, they made a lot of games, or published a lot well they didn't make a lot <laughs> it's it, it they made a lot of games or one game for a lot of different systems so um maybe they were more like uh i wouldn't say a game publishing or development company but but more like trying things out like trying out new technologies and seeing what they could do with it because it's usually just one game per system that they made it's it's really weird uh for game boy itself though they had shelf 55 and um gikitu power modeler which is better known as power quest for game boy color uh but yeah it, power quest was on game boy but only gikitu power modeler and i don't think there's a translation for that at all so uh, most people know Power Quest for Game Boy Color. It's a really cool game, actually. Uh, uh, but yeah, they, they made stuff for a lot of things. Game Gear, Nintendo 64, PlayStation. They even made one thing for the Switch, which is an arcade archives thing. Yep. It's just a compilation of arcade games. Uh, but yeah, they, they were around for for a long time. But yeah, the actual company doesn't exist anymore now. It's just quote-unquote part of Nippon EG software, basically. And then, is it Takaki? Yeah. Takaki Oka? Aka? Takaki Aka? <laughs> I, I, I think Oka, yeah. Takaki Oka. Okay. 
uh, is the composer for Shaman 55, and <laughs> I, the only thing, if I, when I Google searched Takaki Oka, the only thing that came up was Chavo 55. Like, not even, like, the composer themselves, just the game. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently this is the only soundtrack he ever made. Um, and technically, and we'll get into that, he didn't even make this one. <laughs> I, right. I would say, yeah. yeah. So the, it, it's weird. But yeah, the, there's nothing more you can find about uh, about this can you call him a composer if he made one soundtrack? I don't know. I guess so. Um, but you, Audio engineer. Yeah. You can find another <laughs> Takaki Oka, which apparently is like a soccer player. <laughs> but yeah, that's not the, yeah, definitely not them. the same person. Yeah, I, f- I found them. Um, and we'll get into the designer and stuff in a second. Because uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, this game has a kind of interesting background to it uh and genre this is a puzzle platformer so uh a puzzle game but also a platformer so and then uh the the plot the plot this game always confused me like while playing because like i didn't have a manual and if i did i couldn't read japanese anyway so like i would just Mm -hmm. made it up regardless but like I guess, like, reading what you have in the notes here makes sense, but, like, playing the game, it doesn't. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, the plot is the aliens are attacking the Earth. Pretty original plot. Uh, never heard of that one yet. Uh, Chavo, a robot, is the only one who can infiltrate their mothership and stop them. This is literally a precursor to in- Independence Day with Will Smith <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, <laughs> Uh, Jeff Goldblum so <laughs> yeah yeah that that is the plot like I don't even think in the manual there's anything more uh, talking about this uh, you get a little intro cutscene at the start of this game you see the earth uh, you see a spaceship coming closer with four quote unquote aliens on it they look like little robots basically but uh, yeah. I guess they're aliens and then you see whoever made Chalvo I suppose, like, there's no name or anything, just just point at him, and then Chalvo flies up into this guy, and that's literally it. No. I mean, yep. what more do you need, basically? Well, I, when I played the game, I thought it was just, like, robot versus robot. Like, I thought it was, like, a Transformer type thing, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was kind of off, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um... But before we dive into the actual gameplay element of Chavo 55, it it's actually pretty important to understand where the design for Chavo 55 actually came to be. Um, Chavo 55 is a quote-unquote sequel to an unreleased Virtual Boy game called Bound High, uh, which was basically designed by Chameleon Twist creator... Uh, hey, do, hey, hide, Yuki. Oh, God, I'm so good at Japanese games. Hide Yuki, <laughs> Naka, Nakanishi, uh, from Japan System Supply. If you don't know what Chameleon Twist is, it's an N64 game. Uh, I think they made two of them. Um, uh, he worked as one of the designers and programmers on the project as an undergraduate student. Uh, Bound High was a top-down action puzzle game where you take control of. Chavo, 
uh, a robot who transforms into a bouncing ball. And the game's objective is to destroy or knock out your enemies from the playing field and figure out the best way to get rid of them while avoiding obstacles. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you fall same, same the... plot as well as the as yeah, yeah, fifty five. Yeah. Like it has this kind of the same intro even. Yep. Uh, and if you fall off the playing field, you die, etc., etc. Uh, Bound High had four game modes. Uh, that you can choose from, uh, each one having their own type of like rule set. Uh, the main objectives for like Adventure of Chavo, you had a score attack, random game, and pocket and cushion. The Adventure of Chavo was your multiple set of levels, uh, your your story mode basically, um, and you have power ups throughout the thing. Obviously, your score attack is uh, a score based mode where you have to defeat all the enemies and you know get a score. Random game is a skirmish mode where you are just placed precariously in generated stages and you just had to complete them. And pocket and cushion tasks the players with getting balls into a hole in the fastest time possible for a high score. Um, fun little fact on this as well too. On May 3rd, 2010, a ROM image of Bound High uh, and the source code was actually leaked and acquired by a hobbyist at Planet Virtual Boy. And uh, a limited number of repo copies were actually created mimicking the actual release of a Virtual Boy game. So that was actually pretty cool. Uh, I I've actually haven't played this yet, so... Yeah, something you like didn't mention is like, um, and it, it's nice to put a little spotlight on Virtual Boy for once because it barely gets talked about because everybody just doesn't like it basically um especially the console itself because the games are actually not that bad um but yeah virtual boy just sold terribly what a surprise right um but they did try to do a second relaunch of the thing and bound high was one of two games that was being developed uh, for it i don't remember the other one um but dragon hopper yeah yeah right um and like nintendo just didn't go through with with the relaunch basically so uh those two games never got actual released but uh but yeah it's nice that uh uh, yeah the that somebody found the rom for this game um and published it so that everybody can play it because even i checked it out because i was intrigued by it and it's actually a really fun game uh so, so that's really cool. Yeah, it Bound High has an interesting history in itself, too, just kind of going off on the quote-unquote tangent for this episode, I guess. Because, like, the game was complete, the game was done, and the game was showcased at uh, Shoshinkai 19, uh, 1995, uh, and then Nintendo bought its rights right then mm-hmm. and there, basically. And it was slated for a, a, a 1996 release, but then it was showcased at E3 1996, like what Mo mentioned for the relaunch of the Virtual Boy with uh, Intelligent Systems Dragon Hopper, um, and it was actually supposed to be released August in 1986 to both U.S. and Japan, and then Nintendo was just like, you know what, the Virtual Boy isn't selling at all, so we're just gonna cut it right then and there, um, which then leads into the actual Game Boy now because like the Game Boy you know, now gets this quote-unquote sequel, or, you know, I guess the first in the series, however you want to look at it, you know, Chava 55, but it has 
little to no involvement at all from Hideyuki Nakanishi because he just wasn't interested in the Game Boy version at all. He was just like, yeah, cool, whatever. And that was the, yeah, that was the end of that, basically. So the yep. whole design aspect came from the Virtual Boy, and then the people that worked on the Virtual Boy version ended up just not doing, not wanting to be a part of the Game Boy team. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess, like, those people, they, they made something unique for, like, a 3D-based uh, console, and then they had to, like, make a normal game, I guess. Um, maybe that that's why they weren't interesting uh, interested at all in it. But, hey, we did get Shalvo 55. Why is it called Shalvo 55? No idea. Like, <laughs> it could have been just called Shalvo. To be honest, like where where does yeah. it fifty five even come or from? Bound, or bound high, or <laughs> just bound high? Yeah, they. they uh, but I mean, bound high makes sense when you play it as a title, but it doesn't make much sense if if you play Shalvo fifty five. Yeah, so sure. so I can see that. But we did get a very unique puzzle platformer out of it. Um, that is actually a really good game that not that yes. many people know of. So. Um, yeah, it it's just interesting that it was a complete well, not completely different game, but yeah, just where it comes from is super interesting, and it was a surprise to find out about that when I was researching this game because I had no idea. Yeah, I like I I like the Virtual Boy quite a bit. Like I'm I'm a big big Virtual Boy game person, and I actually just kind of enjoy the actual system itself but i wouldn't say that i'm a very knowledgeable person when it comes to like the virtual boy history in terms of like release games and promotions pr whatever else so when we're when we're discussing chava 55 behind the scenes you know mo mo made the comment to me he's just like here's your chance to talk about the virtual boy i'm like the hell are you talking about like why would i talk <laughs> about the virtual boy in our game boy podcast unless i played a virtual boy game and uh, uh when i was doing research on chava 55 i was like oh i'm like well that's interesting and it comes to the case like there's a crap ton of virtual boy games that get created and were either near done or done that just never got released because the virtual boy did so bad so <laughs> It's like, yeah. all right, well, there's a bunch of games out there for the Virtual Boy that just never will see the day of light, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, but definitely check this out. Like, if you have an amulet, you can play Virtual Boy on your PC without having to <laughs> have, yeah. like, the, the weird contraption. You can you can just play it. So I, I would recommend checking this game out because it's, uh, it's very interesting and it's very addictive as well. Uh, and it's simple in its concept, so... Uh, yeah, so just a little bit of history before we dive into the gameplay, because like the the history of Bound High heavily ties into the gameplay for Chavo Fifty Five. Um, so the gameplay itself, your controls are, are pretty basic. Your D pad moves you around. Uh, a transforms you into a ball. Um, if you hold down the B button, you can push platforms, start pauses, so you can see the map. Uh, then select, you can use that to 
uh, check around your your current room. I think you have to hold select, but you can yeah, look around. You can we'll look see. around your room. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ch Chalvo has two forms. Um, unlike Bound High, where he's just in ball form. Uh, yeah. In this, you have your normal robot form is just a slow moving guy. Um, and if you would drop down a platform, you would fall straight down, so you can't move while you're uh, in midair. Um, and that's where the ball form comes into play to like jump over gaps or to uh to fall down to the left or to the right when going down a pit uh that, that's where you will use your ball form and it basically also works like in metroid like the ball form to to crawl around uh in tight spaces and things like that uh but it does come with a disadvantage um when you're in the ball form you will constantly be bouncing so it's not like you can be stationary on the ground you will forever uh be bouncing so you have to keep that in mind while traversing the the stage or or the the room yeah which was one of the i would say like the first hurdle i had to overcome was just like how do i how do i do this but not also do this at the same time because mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. i wasn't expecting as soon as you press a to start bouncing right away i thought it was something like like bouncing, but if you've ever played like bouncing ball or uh, what's what's the what's the non rom hacked version of bouncing ball? Uh, cool uh, ball. Cool ball, where like you kind of start on the platform, then you have to press A to actually get up in the air and start bouncing mm -hmm. around. Like there's actually like an activation to it. Uh, that was one of the hurdles with this game for me in a way. But um, but while you're in a, I guess quote-unquote normal mode um you drop straight down uh eight stages of increasing difficulty and size uh each each room you have has multiple exits and entrances uh that can be uh accessed in certain ways and your job is to find the best route through all the rooms and to find uh the five hidden gems uh, th uh by opening the exit doors so yeah uh, yeah for for this game like usually we do like a stage roundup yeah. i guess like talking about each stages for this game we just cannot do that because it's basically always the same but harder and bigger Let, let's just say it like yeah. that like like any puzzle game would be um but i think like in the first stage you only have uh like 12 rooms and then you have 16 rooms and yada 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 it just uh gets bigger and bigger uh the farther you go along until you reach the max i think five by five is the max uh there is so uh, 25 rooms in total if i'm not mistaken um but yeah it's all about finding your way through a maze basically like you have to figure out oh if i go this way i will end up there um and at the start, it's easy because these rooms are all big open rooms and it's very obvious where things will lead you to. But later on, you go to teleporters that take you completely somewhere different on the map and, and you just have to figure out how to uh, how to navigate through everything. Yeah. Yeah, what's, what's interesting too about the game is uh, when you get into like the... the map screen 
Uh, it tells you what stage you're on, how many lives you have, and how many gems you've collected. It tells you like what rooms you've been to, kind of like similar to like how Metroid did it for you as well too. Um, something nice about the game as well is that you can. It tells you like how to enter like the world map and how to exit as well too. Which sometimes, like honestly, in like a map game, sometimes the controls aren't great because like you'll press B and all of a sudden like you'll explode by you know because of an intended suicide mechanic or you press b and you go into some other weird menu that you've never knew about and i don't <laughs> know like i i always appreciate when developers put like on-screen instructions for their actual like menus like this because sometimes like they're just like well whatever I'll, like alien 3 for example like if you've ever grabbed like the map like the map item in alien 3 for game boy and opened it up You'd be like, what? What the hell is this? Like, there's a bunch of weird icons with numbers next to them, and then there's like a map thing that just doesn't make sense at all because you don't know where you are, nor do you know like what the map is even supposed <laughs> to be of, and like it's just a mess. Um, but Chava Fifty Five actually does a really nice job, like with an organized menu, telling you like how to navigate through like just the map screen in itself has all of your lives and what stage you're on, which is nice because it doesn't show that information on the actual gameplay screen itself, <laughs> which I appreciate because if I'm playing a game like Chavo 55, I want as much screen real estate as possible so I can see what's going on. Yeah, because this game does use big sprites. Um, yes. <clears throat> rooms are not just one screen. Um, that's why they also put uh, the ability to look around, of course, which is also something a lot of people don't do in these kinds of games, or even in platformers where you have to do like these blind jumps to nowhere just because you can't look around the room or what's above or beneath you. So thank God this exists. Sadly, I never knew about this, uh, so I never used it. Uh, could have probably helped me out in a lot of situations, but uh, yeah, it's there. It's definitely there. I think I figured it out on accident. Because, like, there's a lot of times, like, I was, like, in robot mode. And I didn't know what was, like, below me. And I, I out of just, like, just experience from playing these, these games so much now, I, uh, I usually, like, I hold down down to, like, hope, like, the camera will scroll. <laughs> and I didn't yeah. get that. And I was like, oh... And then I just started pressing buttons, and I eventually figured out how to, like, scroll the camera. And I was like, but I didn't know, like, what button I pressed, because I was an idiot and just started, like, mashing buttons. And so I, I figured out accidentally, like, you can move your camera, but I never figured out, like, fully how to move your camera. <laughs> so right. uh, it wasn't super useful for me, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, like, it's a, and the nice thing about the game, too, that I can appreciate is the transformation from robot to ball as well, too. Uh, so before we get into, like, enemies and hazards and, and whatnot, a lot of times when you're playing a game that has a transformation, I'll even throw Trip Road into this. Like, when you're playing Trip Road and you're, and you're going from Yakapu to Flight Mode or Yakapu to Fish... There's, like, a slight delay before you can do anything at all. Like, there's a little bit of, like, that slow roll animation to transform into something. Yeah. Travel 55 kind of doesn't have that. Like, it shows a, it shows an animation of you transforming into a ball, 
But as soon as you start transforming into a ball, you're like, you're ready to rock and roll. Like, there is no, like, one second, two second delay into this at all. Like, there's no, like, extravagant cutscene, like, transforming you into a ball. It's as you're moving Chavo and you want to go into a ball, it makes the ball animation and you get going as a ball. And I can super appreciate that about these types of games. That is certainly a very nice addition. And it also comes into play with how you have to beat some of the rooms. Like yeah. um, like I said earlier, when you're in normal form, you fall straight down. So if you might have overshot something while being in ball form, um, you can quickly just transform back and you will just fall straight down. So... Um, yeah, they, they definitely thought that through because otherwise some of these rooms would be super hard to do hard. and they are already super hard to begin with later on. So, uh, But yeah, so like diving into, I guess not each level, but like what you're going to encounter playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start with enemies. Uh, you have like these walking missile dudes. I guess you can call them. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think. I don't so, know the really. proper name of them, but they they look like little walking missiles. Yeah, those are the common enemy. They yeah. can't really like a thing that we didn't mention really is if you are in robot form, you would die if something touches you. Uh, but if you're in ball form, that's also your attack basically. Um, so as long as you're in a ball, these guys can't hit you. At all. And then you have... <laughs> I like your names for these. <laughs> Hed- Hedgehog Robot. So you, yeah. got, you got Sonic Sonic in the game all of a sudden. Yeah, he's uh, just a, sp- a spiky robot. So you, <laughs> you, you can't jump on top of him. That, that, that's literally it. You can't kill these guys. <laughs> this is my favorite... <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I can't remember the other actual enemies in the game. I don't think there are other enemies in the game. I think it's just those two. Um. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was looking through my video and I was like, I, I only see these two guys. I have no idea what the other enemies are. So I think those might be it, to be honest. Because this game isn't about enemies. It, no, the game's about, about traversing to the stage and getting yeah, gems. So, so yeah, I, I don't know if there are more enemies. If there are, let us know. <laughs> but I don't remember any other ones. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, what, what, what's what's more dangerous for for Chalvo are actually the hazards throughout the stages. Yeah. Um, all stages consist of basically like spikes in holes and also black holes that will suck you up when you get too close again these are only two hazards actually that there are but there are a lot of them but there's Uh, a lot yeah and these are the two ones you definitely will see a lot and which you have to avoid in like a puzzle platform matter you always have to figure out how to uh, get past them without getting killed um you do have some 
some objects throughout the stages that can help you out. Like, you have springs in the ground that can launch you up very high when you're in ball form. Uh, you have these little movable platforms you can use to bridge a gap uh, where there would be spikes, so you can put it over there. Um, and there are also breakable blocks for you to jump on. Um, they come, I think, in two varieties. Well, th there's also the mirrors, which you can't... Uh, get through uh yeah. but the breakable blocks it's either one hit that's the crumbled block or two hits and that's the the solid block so you can use those to like jump higher or get over something or go down like a, a shaft or something and you have to break the blocks oh it's like just going back to the hazards themselves like like what most say like the enemies themselves are, aren't the things to worry about because most of the time you're going to be in ball form in the game, but uh, <laughs> the spikes themselves, like you'll you'll fall down to like the next screen, then all of a sudden you'll be greeted with like you'll be like falling down next to a spike. You're just like ah, and then you bounce back up into the other screen, turn into robot form, and fall down so you can walk under the spikes and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like wow, boy, all right, <laughs> so. Um, spikes and black holes. There, there may be few hazards, but they are in plenty. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, items. So we have extra lives. Just every good every good game should just give extra lives. Uh, you have the invulnerability star, and then you have the go block. Um, the invulnerability star is this the is this the item where you get to stay as the you go into ball form and you can just break everything you dive into like there's no bouncing off of anything. Yeah, 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 is. yeah. And then the go blocks are when you touch them, uh, a, a a door basically opens, so to speak. So like if you're bounced around, you'll see like these blocks with like an X over them or whatever. Uh, if you hit a go block it'll basically disappear and you kind of go through. It's kind of how you traverse through the stages in a way. Yeah. Um, there's also the teleportation blocks. Like you, These are items... A teleportation block is something you don't pick up, but it's something you can touch to teleport you somewhere in the stage. So... Yeah, it's either in the same room or completely somewhere different. You yeah. just have to find out by... Uh, by yeah... Trying them out. Mm, <laughs> Literally yeah, just by touching it. <laughs> the funny part about it too is that the teleportation block looks like the if you've ever played like the old Sonic games, like Sonic One or Sonic Two, you know how like in the Sonic games they have like a TV and like if you and if you're gonna get a shield it has like a has like the, the, the round shield or like the bubble inside the TV. Yeah. That's what the teleportation block looks like. It's like a TV with like a sonic shield inside of it. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and then hidden rooms, which usually have one ups in them. So, yeah, they, these hidden rooms, like if you see something like a wall that is like a little weird, and you look at your map and you see that there's nothing there, you probably just have to punch the well, not punch. You you press B against the wall, and then it opens up, and that's like a hidden room, but. You won't find, you you won't need to go there, but you will probably find like an extra life or something in there. Yeah. Yeah, usually, I would say it's a pretty common thing in 
platformers or just games in general. It's like, hey, you found a secret. Have one-ups or power-ups. Like, I was playing Parasol Henby yesterday. Like, I magically went into some bonus stage or bonus room. I don't know how. It, I got hit by a, a bird that pooped on me while I was on an umbrella, and I went into a bonus room. <laughs> and uh, that's a sentence you don't say every day, but... Uh, like, I go into a bonus room, and it's just littered with one-ups and power-ups. I'm just like, oh, okay. And then it took me back to the beginning of the stage, which I was very upset about. That is not uh, cool. Yeah, I was very upset about that. And I had to dodge moving trucks again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say, like, hidden stages with, like, one-ups or power-ups is a pretty common place, especially in retro games. Um, unless you play, like... The Simpsons or something where you go into a bonus stage and you just get beat up. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. One last thing to mention about about the stages, just in uh, in general, is that this game is not a procedural puzzle, um, meaning that if you solve a room and you would go back into that room, the room does not stay solved. Um, no, you, you, would, you would have to redo the puzzle but the thing about that is it, the game wouldn't work otherwise because it's it's a maze where you have to find these things and sometimes solving a puzzle blocks you from going backwards so that wouldn't make any sense but um, a, a big thing about this game is that you have to find the best route through it because otherwise you're gonna have to back travel a lot and a lot and a lot and that will happen when you're playing this game the first time for sure because you, you're not sure where to go where the crystals are how to get them um but on a on another playthrough or when you pick a stage because there are passwords for each stage um it will start making more and more sense how you can do this in the preferred way to go through the maze basically but that's definitely something to keep in mind that uh, when you're playing this for the first time, you will have to redo puzzles a lot, a lot, a lot of times. And some are really finicky, I would yes. say, uh, to do. Like, I, I remember one, and I, it might be in World 2 or 3, that I had to redo, like, constantly because I kept forgetting where to go exactly. And that one is... There's more than one way to solve that one even, and eventually I found a quicker method, but it was also way more risky to do because uh, <laughs> you could fall into the spikes more easily. But I was so tired of seeing that room that I I just tried a quick <laughs> method. But yeah, just keep that in mind while playing this game. Uh. And that's when you plug in the game, Genie. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, bosses in this game... Um Yeah, that you you didn't expect that, did you? <laughs> Bosses in a puzzle game. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected it in a game like this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kirby's block ball, sure. You know, something like that, sure. Ultraman ball, sure. But not Chavo fifty five. <laughs> <laughs> Just like how like the game is like presented. Like I would have never expected an actual like boss fights to these but uh, uh, they follow a pattern of first being a contraption made by one of the alien you put in here quote unquote generals uh, yeah I don't I, know what they I, are so. <laughs> I called them robots so I had yeah. no idea um, and then you fight the quote unquote general itself 
Um, yeah, do you want to go over boss? I feel like I've been talking this entire episode. Do you want to go over <laughs> Totally not, but sure, yeah, I, I will go over it. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's like we said eight stages, so eight bosses or, like, one machine and then, then like, one of the, the robots. That's basically how this goes. So the first boss is, uh, it's basically just a block controlled by the, by the alien. Like, you see the alien in his, like... Uh, command center and there's just a platform well a block that goes from the left to the right um and on each side of the room are spikes so if you get like stuck between the wall and the the uh the push block you will land into the spikes and you will die so uh the way you defeat this guy is by basically jumping over the block and landing on this big button in the middle of the stage um, that you need to hit to do damage, and it takes four hits. Uh, every boss takes four hits, basically. So that's that's the first one. Um, uh, the second one is what I call the bull car. Um, it's the alien on some car, and in the front of it, it's a bull. Like I, <laughs> I can't can't really say much more <laughs> than that. Um, again, there's spikes on each side of the room, so you have to avoid those. But there are also two black holes. Um, that you need to avoid while trying to jump over the the car and actually hit the alien himself uh, again four times will take care of him uh, but that, that's pretty much what the second boss is uh, then you go into uh, the piston crusher um, so again the the alien is in his command center and he has this huge machine with pistons trying to bounce you all over the place basically trying to bounce you into a pit where there are spikes um, at the top of the stage there is this big button again that you want to hit to do damage to the machine uh, but of course it's blocked by one of those pistons so you have to time it perfectly to land on it when the piston is retracting uh, so yeah four hits again and uh, that will take care of this guy. And then uh, you fight the guy himself again. And he also has... like The other guy had a bull car. This guy has a piston tank. So <laughs> it's like it's like this big tank that he's driving around with pistons trying to bounce you back. Again into spikes that are on the floor. Um, and you have to hit the alien on top of the machine. But uh, they were of course nice enough to... Uh, block his hitbox with one of those black holes and a spiked ceiling right above it so again you have to like be super precise to uh to hit him but it's the black holes that are usually the problem like if you get too close to them you get sucked in but uh yeah another four hits to take down this thing um the fifth boss is I guess it's just a big version of that missile enemy that you sometimes encounter throughout the stages. It's just a big guy uh, slowly walking on the floor. Uh, it's kind of a repeat of the first boss you fought with the, with the block that pushes you around. This time it's a big missile pushing you around. Um, but there is a tunnel you have to get into because that's where the button is. Um, so you have to time it correctly so that he goes the other way while you are trying to hit the button four times to uh, to get rid of it. Um, then you go against the alien itself again uh, in the sixth stage. And this time he has a spike face car. I, I literally can't say more of it. It's like this tiny car with spikes on the front of it. It's really <laughs> dumb. Like What? 
when I first fought that boss, because, like, the helmet the alien wears, too, also has spikes on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first fought this boss, I was like, do I jump on the alien or do I jump on the front of the of the car? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Answer is you jump on the alien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Always jump on the alien. Uh. But, yeah, I don't re- Like, I, I didn't even put something down, so I don't know if there were spikes in the stage itself there are the, they're on the end, uh, on the end. it's it's a simple fight it's just a back and forth fight like there's yeah. there's nothing special about it at all there are spikes on the end of it and then obviously the spikes on the in the front of the car uh the car goes left to right pretty slow mm-hmm. you jump up and you just bounce on the alien's head basically uh you hit it once and jump off and avoid the spike head uh, coming at you, but that's basically like the fight four hits and it's toast. So yeah, yeah, like these car-based bosses are usually the easiest. It's like the, these big contraptions are usually a little bit uh, harder to do. Um, and yeah, in stage seven, you get the black hole gun wall. <laughs> so it's like this huge wall with guns, actual guns, like revolvers on them, and they shoot black holes towards you. Uh, that's fun. Uh, the best part about this fight, though, is how you get into it. You have to touch a teleporter block to go into the boss. Yes, fight. yeah. That's the only one where you do that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you have this, this like... Uh, like this, this corridor leading up to them. But yeah, this one just teleports you through it. Uh, interesting design. Yeah. Uh, not that hard. Like the, the button is on the left side. I think it there's a black hole right next to it. But yeah, you just have to wait out the timing when the gun shoots black holes at you, and that's basically it. But this is actually a pretty simple boss. Um, and then you go into the final boss with the alien, and of course they have some kind of car again. I, I guess a tank this time, um, yeah. and it shoots black holes at you. <laughs> like, what with, were you with, expecting? Yeah. With with black holes in the stage and spikes in the floor. Yeah. Which, this was the boss that confused me the most, because the tank itself, like, the front of it, looks like it has a button on it. Yeah. And since you're so used to hitting buttons for boss fights, I was jumping at the front of the tank, thinking it was a button, and I would get shot by a black hole. Yeah. Like, oh, it shoots <laughs> black holes. Okay. Mm. And then, like, you had to be a little careful, because like, even though the tank does move left and right at a, a slow pace, there's black holes on each side, and there's spikes across the floor. So you kind of you have to be, like, careful of, like, when you jump, because, like, you don't want to, like, get hit by a, sh- a shooting black hole, like, going at him or coming back from hitting him. But you also don't want to, like, jump as he's going under a black hole as well, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, easy fight, but, like, it definitely takes a little bit of timing and patience. Yeah, that's basically most of these bosses are... The patterns are simple enough, it's just figuring out the timing for them. Um, other than that, you can't expect too much out of these bosses, because again, it is a puzzle game, basically. They couldn't, like, yeah, make some extremely hard-to-do boss or something like that. Uh, it, it's just... Avoid things and hope for the best, basically. Uh, but yeah, these bosses are pretty simple. The only downside is um, if you would game over at the boss, you have to replay the stage again. Uh, that that's the only real downside this game has. Um, it's okay in the earlier stages because they are so small, but like 
the last few stages are like so many rooms and such an intricate puzzle that you have to solve to get through the maze itself that if you would die on the boss it it, it hurts <laughs> it's not fun to redo an entire stage especially like at that. the end of the game yeah oh. but yeah that's basically it uh, that's the final alien you i guess you destroy the spaceship i don't, I don't even remember well there's a, a there's an egg there's an exit cutscene as chavo's in ball form and he bounces out of like the corridor like the hallway mm. and then jumps into space and then, like, there's a bunch of explosions in the sky, and then he lands, and, like, Chavo's maker, like, has his hands out, expecting to hug, and as Chavo starts to approach to give, like, his, like, a hug to his, like, creator, the game just fades away and goes into credits. Like, you don't even know if Chavo mm. hugs his creator or kills him. Like, you just don't know. <laughs> Let's go with kill, because there was never a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, like, it just fades into white and it goes into a staff role, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Um, it's not a short game by any means. Like, no. It, it's also not a long game. Don't, don't worry. But uh, especially the first time you're playing this, this might take you, like, three hours for sure uh, to get familiar with it. Uh, no. Yeah, it's about what it took me, about two and a half, three hours. Yeah, so uh, that's what you can expect, but luckily there are passwords, so it's not like you have to go through it uh, in one sitting. Yeah, yeah. every time every time you beat a beat a stage or a boss, you get a password, and then you kind of you get this fun little cutscene where, like, it shows you, like, the next room you're going into, so it shows you, like, progression through, like, the mothership. Think of it like Castlevania, like whenever you play Castlevania, like it shows you like the route you're taking into Dracula's mm. castle, but like in this one, like it shows you like, oh, you're going into this room now of the mothership, you know, one of eight or whatever it may be, and it flashes. So it has like a little little like cutscenes in between them as well too, which I think is pretty cute. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's pretty much the game. But if you do want more Chalvo, there is more Chalvo in this game. Um, there's actually a hidden nine stage, which you just need the password for. I think you get it at the end of the game, probably. Or maybe not, I don't know. Um, but there is a password for, for the nine stage. Um, I I can't get past the first room. <laughs> it's t I don't know what this is, but it's literally impossible. Like, I don't know if you tried it, but... Um, I attempted it, and I did not complete it because it is exceptionally hard but i can tell you what the boss is because oh there I is a boss watch, even wow. i did watch the video of the ninth stage and it is the same boss as he fought in stage eight except there are a bunch more black holes <laughs> of course there are and he shoots more and he's a tad bit faster <laughs> so like instead of having like two black holes one on each end you have three black holes that pretty much scatter throughout the entire uh stage or like the room with a bunch of spikes on the floor still and you just have to jump and hit them four times but like i said this one's a little bit tougher uh but you still get the you still get the same the same exit cutscene of chavo bouncing out of the corridor into space, walking up to his creator and killing him, and back to a staff roll again. <laughs> um, 
you don't get anything really special upon completing it. You just can say that you beat the hardest stage of Chavo, so... Yeah, that's your brag. I, that's your bragging, right? Yeah, I mean, if you can beat it, wow! Kudos to you because I, I can't. I I just can't. I tried, but I yeah, I I <laughs> it's so hard. I I don't even know how far I got into it. I, I literally just I gave up. Like I died mm-hmm. like once or twice. I'm just like I'm done. Like I'm not gonna like play this for an hour just on one stage just to fight an enemy just you know, either just to say like hey congratulations you completed the ninth stage like go outside like, I, I didn't know there was a boss either until i watched uh, the world right. of long place yeah. video about it so yeah. i was like oh there's a boss i'm like oh it's the same thing as stage eight but there's more stuff involved and i watched i'm like oh there's no different ending i'm like what's the point <laughs> so I was like, all right, I don't feel bad for not playing the ninth stage at all. Then. Yeah, so, yeah, it's 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 really just if if you won the challenge, uh, there you go. But it, it's definitely not needed to uh, yeah. to finish the game at all. Um, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah, it is really really hard. Like no yeah. joke. It's I do, I just don't know how to do it. I didn't know that long plays actually did that stage. Like I, I've never seen it, but. Uh, yeah, I tried it myself and I just couldn't. Yeah, I, I, I don't typically watch World of Long plays unless it's like something I know about but can't do it myself type mm-hmm. deal, mm-hmm. or like something yeah. I know about but I refuse to like restart the game, play for three hours just to get to that point again. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'll like I'll go watch World of Long plays because they typically do a okay job at doing that. So. Yeah, um, because usually it's a task anyway, so of course they would do it. True. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, so yeah, if, if you want to see it, yeah, just try it yourself. But if you can do it, at least you can can watch uh, May or not. Wow, I can talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can see it being played by maybe a real person or maybe probably most definitely not a real person. So yeah. there you go. This one is definitely not by a real person, judging by how Chavo moved. So mm, yeah, no, no, yeah, that's uh, uh, that's that's pretty much Chavo. Um, this is a hard game to not to talk about, but to if if you have not played it yourself, um, it's hard to visualize. I believe uh, by just hearing us talk about it, but. Uh, I mean, we, we have our videos up and, and just go check it out yourself, of course. Or when the YouTube episode comes out, you can yeah. see the game in the background. Uh, but yeah, this is a hard game to visualize through speech, yes. I think. Oh. But I hope we, yeah. we at least did a, a, a good job of selling it. If you've played like the Romp Hack Bouncing Ball or Cool Ball... Or Ultraman Ball. Well, Ultraman no. Ball. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll throw Ultraman Ball into there too. You have an idea of what Chavo is going to be like because Chavo, because in Bouncy Ball and Cool Ball, you don't transform. You're just a ball. That's all there is to it. But it's bouncing from platform to platform and like maneuvering through a puzzled stage. Ultraman Ball, you can transform from Ultraman to ball form and bounce around and get through the stage. Right? Chavo mm-hmm. is like a mixture of both of those things put together like you can turn into a chavo robot or chavo ball and the ball form lets you bounce and get through the stages in a puzzle format 
uh, all while defeating enemies in your path. And then the robot form, which is your most vulnerable form, this is a form that lets you get by a lot of like the, the skinnier pieces of the stage in itself and is actually needed to progress through some of the puzzles. So if you've heard of, watched, or played any of those games before, you kind of have an idea of what you're getting into with Chavo 55. So yeah, uh, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about this very interesting box art. I actually like this box art a lot. <laughs> and uh, we actually got some trivia, quote-unquote trivia, for this game as well, too. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. So, uh, cover art for Chavo. Uh, interesting cover art, I will say that. Very cartoony. Um, so, very forefront of it, you have uh, basically what says Chavo 55 in Japanese, and underneath that super puzzle action with stars in between each word. And, like, this, like, silver gray textured uh i guess plaque with stars on the top because it has a round top with uh, a ball that resembles what chavo looks like in ball form and then behind that you have chavo in robot form uh which looks like a beetle in my opinion mm -hmm. yeah uh, very cute looking beetle as well too which i wouldn't have ever imagined chavo being red you know, obviously playing Game Boy, Chavo's going to be black or green or whatever. But like, I would never imagine Chavo being red. Because like, when I think of robot, I think of like gunmetal gray or black or you know something along those lines. But like never red in like a neon yellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And then behind that, I don't know what these are. Germs? Aliens? <laughs> I don't know because like there's some things that look like a little like squid like germ thing it has like a rat or like a jellyfish it has like a dome top with a bunch of like tendrils in the bottom with giant eyes there's like jack-in-the-lanterns which you don't like which yeah and then you have like this other alien thing that's like top left corner like picking its nose uh, you have something with like a Zelda hat on as well too and it's like it's kind of like washed out in green like Game Boy Green, but I have no idea what like any of that stuff is at all. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it's a representation of some of the enemies you encounter for sure. But like when you encounter them in game, they they look more robot like, and here they are like just super cute cartoonsy things, <laughs> basically. Uh, yeah, but it's a nice style at least. I, I really it enjoy is, yeah. this cover. It's nice to look at. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's not overbearing because like a lot of times when we look at red, because like every if going into like a bit of like heart art heart art like history and art psychology like when you look at certain colors like they generate a mood inside of you. 
like this box art has a lot of red associated with it and red and art is associated to violence and anger um and but like the the red is not overbearing enough to like make me like be quote-unquote violent or angry but like there is a lot of it happening because like the top border is red the bottom border is red chavo is red and chavo is right in the middle of it uh basically like they create an i a capital i in red right in front of your face but they do such a nice job breaking up the red colors that it's not just like in your face here's a red box look at it because like even like the slight you know the yellowy green background uh, behind Chavo, like my eye gets drawn to that quite a bit as well too, because it helps break up that monotony of red. Also in the logo itself, you have like a yellow and a white, and then you have like the silver background. Then you have like the you have the Japan uh, J Japan System Supply logo, which is a blue oval with like with a white cat and a, and a bow tie in it. And then like the lettering. At the top of the red border is in blue and white as well too, so it help breaks up some of that red. Um, there, like I said, there's a lot of red on this box art, but it's not overbearing at all. Um, and I think a lot of it too has to deal with a lot of like the harsh like outlines throughout the actual like cartoony part of the art as well too, because Chavo has really thick black outlines around him, and then in the background. The outlines for the aliens or the enemies or whatever they're supposed to be is the same color as like the backdrop to them, which is a darker green. So it kind of looks like so like all that negative space is kind of like starts to like work with each other and kind of makes it, everything kind of pop in its own different way. Yeah, it's a very good composition that they did for this, and like the the colors, even though they shouldn't complement each other that well, uh, no, they, they do they do for some reason so it, it's very well done like kudos to the designer of that box art for sure yeah yeah it, it kind of like I, I have that kirby manga now that volume one <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it kind of looks like that if, if it's like the kirby manga is, is more of like it's like a shiny print uh, it is yep. but yeah it, like i could see the kirby manga thing like being in in this style for sure it, it, it has that kind of feeling to it yeah it does uh but yeah no if you want to actually see the box art like recommend just googling chavo 55 box art excuse yeah. me box art um it's a very very nice very nicely made box art so it's, it's one of the few japanese covers that actually has a pretty high quality scan because usually they're like super tiny yeah. uh, but this one is just like yeah, you can find a really good image of it. Uh, yeah, so trivia. You got some... I guess we already went over the, the Bound, <laughs> the bound mm. Eye trivia, didn't we? Um, but yeah. uh, I guess we'll, I'll go over the ROM hacking piece that I found. Uh, so this game actually got translated. Um, there's a lot of mystery behind the translation of this ROM as well, too. Uh, the tra the translator ROM was just found floating around the internet uh, as a hacked ROM, and no one could figure out who the original author was. Um, uh, so a person with it by the name of King Mike basically took liberty of converting it uh, to a patch on 
romhacking.net, basically. Um, but he is not involved with the actual translation in itself, so uh, no one knows if the if the translated ROM is even complete because no one has ever played the translated ROM to confirm it. Uh, and this translated ROM was released uh, January 29th of 2004. Uh, um, I can confirm it's complete. Because um, okay. that, that's the one I played. And don't expect a huge translation or anything. Because the only two things that are translated are on the title screen. Um, it says begin or continue in English. And otherwise it would just say the Japanese. That That's literally all that's uh, <laughs> that's been translated. So... I mean, that's all you need to translate. What, like, yeah, the rest is in English. So. It's all in English. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's the only <laughs> thing that got translated. So, But yeah, I can confirm it's a complete ROM or complete translation because that was all, that was all there was to it. So, yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah. Mo is the first person to ever play the, 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 the translated ROM for Chalo <laughs> I doubt it, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I have the video on my on my youtube so i mean that is the rom that i used it it, it says translated by lame boy but, but yeah i don't know who lame boy is like I it gets really used yeah. it gets used a lot for repros and things like that but yeah or isn't is it lame boy an emulator i think it's yes. an emulator even yeah. lame boy yeah it's a ds yeah, emulator it's actually a DS emulator uh yeah. Game Boy and Game Boy Color emulation for the DS. Ah, okay. So yeah, maybe the team of Lame Boy just did that quote unquote translation and yeah. I mean it says so at the title screen, so I have no idea. Apparently ROM hack ROM ROMhacking.net doesn't know either, yeah. so um that's where I pulled that information from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The fact that it had a translation actually just blew my mind because i was just like when i played i was like oh okay but then it was like there's a translation i'm like where are they going to translate like four words <laughs> yeah <That's> a... <laughs> Li literally the title screen that's all it's like translating kirby's dreamland where you only have to translate the title screen and that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know, hobby i guess whatever <laughs> translate something more useful like ahari manada or something you're right, uh, right. <laughs> So I know what those credits in the game. <laughs> uh, general reception of the game. I don't know if you can find anything on this, but I couldn't find much about the general mm, reception nope. of the game. So a lot of it's just like assumption. So like the original designer, uh, Nakanishi, just didn't have interest with the Game Boy version for Chava 55. Uh, and since the game was... The game was actually pretty hyped up for Virtual Boy because like I said, it was showcased in a lot of like game showcasey type things back then and was set for the relaunch of the virtual boy um since none of that happened i could imagine like it fell under like skepticism of, like whether or not the game was like actually going to be good or just the general public just lost interest of the game itself mm -hmm. yeah in new media like uh but 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 always bound high his uh, people love it so um, they say it's one of the the best three virtual boy games that exist. So, uh, well, that doesn't really exist, but yeah, that that could have existed, but you can't play it. So, there you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was no such thing as Virtual Boy emulators in the in the nineties. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you wanted to play it, well, better find someone with a three and a half floppy <laughs> disk and flash it over to a Virtual mm-hmm. Boy. Guy. Um, so yeah, just uh, I guess we'll dive into the history. We'll start with you, Mo. Like you, I I learned about this game from you, so mm-hmm. I don't know how mm-hmm. much history you have of the game at all. Yeah, I've played through it twice for portable pleasure. Like, once at the start, but then I lost the vi- Well, I didn't record when I started like an idiot, so I had to replay a lot of games. Uh, but yeah, this one was one of them. Uh, and I can't even remember if somebody just picked it from my list or that it was just a random pick from me. Because usually people don't really select Japanese games from my list, so then I'm like, let's play this Japanese one, we'll see what it is. Uh well, I, I, I really enjoyed it from the start. I thought it was a really cool concept and I absolutely love the music in it. Um, it is a reworked version of the, the Virtual Boy game, of course, but uh, all the tracks in this game are really good. Like, it's weird that this person only made one soundtrack, to be honest, because it's, it's yeah, it's it's very jaunty. It's, it's very fun. Um they're not like really long tracks, but they don't get boring either uh, when playing through the level, so so that's cool. Um, but in later stages, I do remember getting frustrated a lit uh, a, a lit a bit um, when trying to do like the harder jumps and things like that. So when you miss a jump and you, and you die and you have to replay a lot of rooms just to get back to where you were, it it, it can get a little frustrating. So maybe this isn't a game. To like play in one sitting but just like take it easy which you can because there are passwords um but yeah usually when you fail it's because of your own fault it's it's not the game's fault like the game works perfectly fine but uh yeah it, it does take some figuring out uh later on to to use the the two forms basically um at the same time to get over some of the things but yeah i, I really like this game i would uh, I will probably play it again someday for sure. Yeah, my like I said, like I learned about the game from you. So like my my exposure to this game is actually pretty limited, because um, I'm just not a big fan of puzzle games to begin with. So I don't actively seek out puzzle games to mm-hmm. play. Um, I remember first hearing about it from you when you put it into the Tiny Ten. Yeah. Um, and that's when I played it for a, a small bit, just to, like understand what the game was, play through it, so I could not sound as much of an idiot in commentary. Um, but I thought it was a pretty interesting game. I I never I didn't finish it playing through or playing it at that time, but I thought it was an in- interesting game in itself. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oddly enough, like a year after that Tiny Ten happened, um, Swordsman Kirby. Uh, DM'd me or, or walked up to me at a GDQ and asked me about Chavo 55 and I was just like, like oh like I didn't expect you know anyone to ever walk up to me and ask me about Chavo 55 <laughs> yeah. you know um, I guess SK would be the one to do it but like I was just like I was kind of like thrown off so like him and I had a conversation about the game and it's speedrun because like at the time Wolf Barrack had a run up like four years ago, 
of like a 40 minute time or whatever and then sk was looking for a new game and found it and then knew knew that i knew a little bit about it or like watched me play it on stream or whatever it was and uh so we had a conversation about it i told him some like things about the game but like how like some of the physics work and everything else um and then i finally eventually played through the entire game for the podcast uh, i literally finished it like last week like i, I had vacation all week mm-hmm. so i literally just played it in bed <laughs> when i was <laughs> when i was up at six in the morning and mo was yelling at me to go to sleep uh, <laughs> i just played it in bed and i, I finished i got finished it like wednesday or something like that and uh i was I'm like it's a pretty fun game like it's a puzzle game like it's definitely a puzzle game but like it's a different type of puzzle game like it's actually like an enjoyable puzzle game that is cute has the sprites are big enough to know like what you're doing as well too which i think is like the major thing for this game because if it was anything like um uh quirk or amazing tater or anything of that scale I think this game would not have done this game would not be you know one of my top like five puzzle games at all <laughs> because like the scale would have been too small even if something like bouncy ball or cool ball like that scale works for those types of games but if chavo was anything on that like that scale i i would have not liked this game period uh i think some of the shining grace this game is the actual, like, detail that's actually gone into some of the sprites. So, like, even though, like, Mo and I said, like, yeah, missile missile enemy, hedgehog robot, things like that, there's actually quite a bit of detail into each piece of the game, especially Chavo itself. Like, Chavo in the game looks pretty similar to what you would see Chavo on the cover, and the Chavo ball is actually pretty damn adorable. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it actually made the game bearable to play for, like, a moderate amount of time. Like I, like I said, like I, I was, I lay in bed and play for 30, 45 minutes, you know, going through and it to basically get to my next password and stop. But like, it was, it was nice. Like I, I once I get to the password, wrote it down and stopped. I was like, Oh, you know, I'm like, that wasn't too bad. Like I looked I'm like, Oh, like an, I like 30 minutes past 45 minutes past. It didn't feel like it. But I was like, all right, this isn't too bad versus something like to trap or, real Ghostbusters or something where I'm just like, oh, I feel like I've been playing this game for eight hours. I looked down, I've only been playing it for five minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, overall, I think the game is, it's a very good puzzle game from coming from someone who doesn't like puzzle games. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I can it's definitely, definitely it's definitely top five for me. So in, in terms yeah. of puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, no, I, I do like puzzle games. I'm just not very good at them. But, like, this is just different enough. Like, it's a puzzle platformer, which already makes a difference. But um, there are a lot of puzzle platformers where they really want you to, again, think for, like, <laughs> 20 minutes before figuring out how to even get through a, an actual room. This is not that. It's, like... You're always going somewhere, but then you get stuck and you're like, oh, I have to go somewhere else. And then you you figure it out. It's a lot more compact like that. It's not intricate puzzles, but it's more just maze-like. You just have to figure out where to go uh, to get through everything. And and that's what I do like. Um, 
in puzzle games because I can understand it on a basic level. Uh, I don't have to like <laughs> play it for 20 hours to figure out how actually I have to play the game. Um, looking at you, Picross, like I mean, <laughs> I, I I had to teach myself how to play, how to solve a nanogram because that's Picross is is just a a brand name like Band Aid or something, of course, but. Uh, yeah, I had to learn how to actually solve nanograms before I could basically play it on a level that I'm satisfied with. <laughs> so, uh, and that this game doesn't do that. Like, you immediately understand what you have to do, and you can figure out a room in like a, a minute. Uh, it's just doing it that's harder than than figuring it out. So, yeah, yeah, I I, I play Picross on my phone, but like it's pretty small, like square sizes like i've watched you play picross for a while now and i'm just like i'm not looking forward to that at mm. all so um and just a quick you know this this quick speed run section that we have i guess uh source mccurby does hold the world record for chavo 55 uh with a time of 29 minutes and 19 seconds which was two years ago um. So, if you're looking for a fun puzzle speed run and want to take on Swordsman Kirby, yeah, this is your game to do it. Yeah, and I, and I think I remember SK saying like like it's not even optimized or anything like oh. that really. So there is definitely a lot of room for improvement. Uh, but that's a that's a pretty good time for this game anyhow. Yeah, it's a very good time. In turn, even if it's not optimized, like beating this game in under a half hour is no no super easy feat in a way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, we're gonna take another short break here. Uh, when we come back, uh, we got some Game Boy community or I guess community events in general uh, popping up, and then uh, you guys get to hear what we're gonna talk about next time. So stay tuned. back everybody uh community events coming up um game goyles episode two so uh our friend uh slash slash finity uh has done uh game goyles episode one which was in what july uh, june july july yeah last month um where uh, Mo played Darkwing Duck, and I did uh, uh, Little Mermaid and Shaq Fu mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, for Game Goyles Episode 1. Um, so Slash is again uh, doing Game Goyles Episode 2, which is going to be benefiting Equal Justice, the Equal Justice Initiative. Uh, submissions are open September 18th, so if you're looking to submit to a uh, speedrun marathon, uh, it's just a weekend long. Uh, this is a pretty pretty good one to submit to. Uh, most of the people that are working behind the scenes, like I know personally, have met 
personally. So mm. hang out with at GDQs. Uh, very awesome people. So get your submissions in on September 18th. Marathon is set to be going on November 19th to the 21st. So the week before Thanksgiving for American audience. Um, one of my favorite speedrunning marathons of the year, Big Bad Gameathon, which is presented by Cusa Grande or Brosentia. Mm-hmm. Uh, submissions are currently closed for this, and the marathon is slated to go uh, September 10th through September 12th. Uh, and I am real excited for this because Dancing Furby for the Game Boy Color is going to be in the first day, <laughs> which is which is a DDR Furby game on the Game Boy Color. You're not going to want to miss that because that is like the fifth run of the of the first day. <laughs> going to be awesome. Um, Tensai ten, ten Beckabon uh, for the Game Boy is going to be ran as well too by Tristan. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a Barbie fashion pack game going on with uh, Sharif. Uh, what else we got going on here? There's a few other Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and Game Boy games happening as well too. So definitely, uh, you're definitely want to check out Big Bad Gameathon. Even just even if it's non Game Boy, go check it out because it's so good to watch. Um, it's amazing just how many bad games are <laughs> out there. So. <laughs> yeah, more than good games for sure. Yeah, I mean Sharif is doing a Barbie shuffler on the first day like that's quality entertainment like if you don't know what the bizhawk shuffler is basically at 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 certain intervals as you're playing a game it just automatically shuffles to another game so like if you're playing the game for like 30 seconds it's going to automatically shuffle to to another game and i did this for i did this for the kirby trilogy and it was brutal (laughs) <laughs> Sharif is going to do it for Barbie games, and that's going to be amazing to watch. So that's going to be a good time. And then we have um, Speedruns Ragnarok. Uh, submissions are currently closed for this. Uh, the marathon is slated to go October 10th through October 16th. So in between your Big Bad Gameathon watching, you can also watch Speedrun Ragnarok. Uh, and in this, I mean, there's going to be a decent amount of PC games because online marathons, it's easier to capture PC stuff. Uh, but there's definitely some older stuff. We got Super Nintendo, we got Game Boy, and everything else in here as well, too. So definitely give them a check out as well. <sighs> marathon section. All right. Well, that's all I got for Marathon section. AGDQ is coming up. I'm sure they'll have stuff and whatnot. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I'm sure like insert bad Game Boy game will get accept get a, one one Game Boy game will get accepted. Insert bad Game Boy title, and Mo and I will complain about it. So yeah, um, definitely something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still submit Shaq Fu, uh, <laughs> and I'll keep submitting Shaq Fu Game Boy until it gets in. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, uh, ooh, outro time. The best part of the episode, because it's always on the fly and never the same. (laughs) (laughs) Even though the information stays the same. Even though the notes 
the notes for the outro never change at all. <laughs> the way we go about it changes every episode. <laughs> makes it at least a little bit more interesting. In my it opinion. makes it less robotic. All right? yeah. You just know that we're not recording something and just injecting it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just imagine if we had sponsors like insert name VPN, insert name Shadow Legends. Uh, <laughs> well, it would just come up randomly as well. <laughs> it would get mentioned, but it would yeah, still yeah. be randomly. <laughs> It definitely wouldn't have like a scripted part to it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you all have thoughts and suggestions about the podcast, um, please let us know. You know, DM Mo Legs or myself. You know, throw it into the this is Game Boy Discord. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tell us on stream. You know, whatever. Where wherever we're, we're pretty actively available. Uh, on multiple platforms nowadays, so uh, yeah, let us know if we're doing bad, good, neutral. Uh, I will say, like the third, the the three year episode we just we wrapped up a month ago uh, was actually one one of the more fun episodes that I we got to do just simply because like a we had legs on. So now you get now you know understand that legs can talk and she actually has a voice, <laughs> um, and B it was just fun to like reminisce about the actual podcast and like understand like wow like we've actually grown a lot in three years you know like if for me that was a lot of fun to do and I, I really hope that uh, the audience really enjoyed listening to that three year episode. Yeah, um, and and that was like I mean. It's it, it was not scripted really. It, it, we just had our outlines, so we should talk about yeah. that. But the re- it, we were just talking, really. Uh, we didn't yeah, it have was to a go conversation. Over yeah, yeah. No, that, that's... Like, like that. Co- yeah, the back and forth that the three of us had is literally like how the three of us talk in DMs, <laughs> basically. <laughs> you know, so M- minus the the memes in between, because yeah. of course we can't. Well, we say a lot of memes as well, but. Oh, true. <laughs> we haven't had a Creed meme in a while, though. I'm a little that's, disappointed in us. That's true. That's true. <sighs> <laughs> um, I thought like this is out of order, but whatever. Uh, so, where can they find us? You can find me, Candy, on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Because I actually post there now. Uh, I guess TikTok. I just I just watch TikToks. I really don't make any TikToks. Um, yeah, just on those platforms. Uh, you can find our wonderful producer legs, uh, Sprinty legs on Twitch and Twitter, legs on YouTube, and then her project website, SprintyLegs.com. Definitely go check it out. She works on a lot of cool cool stuff behind the scenes. Uh, really dedicated to the retro community especially the Game Boy community and where can they find you Mo? You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube and I guess Instagram as well all with the same handle Mule, which is uh, written M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H Mo's on Instagram we're going to get Mo on OnlyFans here soon too before they uh, 
cut off all the sexual explicit stuff. <laughs> what else you would you have, even have to put on there? Then, uh, gotta get those feet pictures up, man. <laughs> feet pictures, yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and if you feel like uh, supporting the podcast in any way monetarily, uh, we do have a Patreon, uh, which I... I th- think we're going to i don't i don't want to say redo but we're gonna add something basically yeah 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 we're gonna add add some stuff to the patreon um and at twenty dollars a month mo and i will actually live stream these so i will actually need to shower in the mornings and not go to bed at seven o'clock in the morning uh to do so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if subscription stuff ain't your thing because everything in the world is subscription based now, uh, and you still want to support us monetarily, we do have a PayPal. Um, the only thing with PayPal is if you do, if you do donate via PayPal, please let one of the three of us know. Uh, we want to say thank you and uh, give you some reward for being a valued listener and for monetarily supporting. Uh, the 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 pod I almost said stream the podcast uh, and we just can't tie Discord and PayPal together but we can tie Discord and Patreon together mm-hmm. uh, and we also have a merch store that's been rolling for the last couple months uh, we just I guess semi recently within the last two weeks took down the limited limited edition this is Game Boy shirt and now the quote unquote normal edition. This is Game Boy shirt is up now, which is the this is Game Boy logo. Uh the shirts are super nice. Like not just you know, not trying to like oversell, but like I have a couple of them and they're pretty they're pretty nice. I I will say that. Um and I have a coffee cup as well too, which I use for water during the podcast and it works fantastically. I yeah. told you people would buy the coffee cup, Mo. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, <laughs> some people have bought a coffee cup in these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a uh, non-coffee drinker, I, I really <laughs> don't give a hoot about coffee cups. So you I can use like, it for tea. But I don't drink that either. I, oh, yeah. my God. So <laughs> I just drink Please either stay. bottled water or cans of something. So, yeah. Cans of something. Can, yeah, like an iced tea or, or whatever. Oh, okay, okay. Or, yeah, and sometimes I even use my shaker for like a, uh, like an energy powder thing or something like that. But besides that, like I will never use a cup in my life, probably. <laughs> a certain type of fuel that isn't sponsoring us right now. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like like <clears throat> some 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 fuel that the gamer could use, like. <laughs> If only there there was a name for that, that would be easy to pronounce. If, if only someone made a gamer fuel. Imagine that. Uh, if money is not your thing, perfectly, perfectly fine. Uh, listening to the podcast, you know, obviously hugely helps us because without listens, like... Mo and I probably wouldn't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, without listens like the podcast, it doesn't exist. Um, so just listening to the podcast is is hugely helpful. 
um, liking it, reviewing it, you know, just interacting with the actual podcast in itself is a huge amount of support for uh, Mo Lakes and myself. So always, always appreciate you all that interact and rate the podcast. I think we're still at a five-star rating on Apple because this is the best Game Boy podcast out there. So It is true. Like I mean, that, that's not even a lie. It is the best Game Boy podcast out there. <laughs> 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 I mean, we, <laughs> I, I can't say it's not true because it is. Yeah, yeah. we're definitely that, the one with the most episodes. Yeah, and the longest running, I think, as well at this point. <laughs> I think so. We would never lie on this podcast. No. Always the truth. No. Always the truth. And if we don't know it, we just stretch the truth. Yeah. Like with Amazing (laughs) Penguin. Like, I mean, that that was all true, what we said. (laughs) It it is true. I mean, look at the penguin's face. Yeah. So, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Um... But all jokes aside, like we always appreciate you all. Those of you that interact with us in Discord, those of you that comment, interact with us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of that. Always super appreciate it. We appreciate you all. Um, and you can find all of this information, like where to listen, if you're into the into the payment stuff, wanting to figure out where you can find Mo Mo Legs and I. All this can be found on thisisgameboy.com. And... And that about wraps it up. That's all we can say for the outro for sure. Yeah. Then the next game... I don't know whose pick it is. Uh, yours, kinda. Uh, Because I I suggested Chalvo 55, or I don't even remember what the other one was. And you said, let's do Chalvo then. So, uh, well, people yeah. wanted the Mario franchise, and I just don't want to talk about Mario 2 <laughs> at all. Cause that's a really terrible game. Maybe you and Hero can do Mario 2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of games to choose from. That is true. It's definitely not a lack of Game Boy games out there. Let's see. I feel like Parasol Hemby would be a better light episode than a full episode. Yes. You know... We could do Felix the Cat. We could do Felix the Cat. There is actually a lot to talk about with Felix. Mm -hmm. Cartoon, Mm -hmm. cartoon, comics, video game. There's a lot with Felix. Let's do Felix the Cat, if you're cool with it. Alright, Felix the Cat it is now. Hell yeah. Alright, the next time you hear from Mo and I, we're going to talk about Felix the Cat for the Game Boy. See you next time. See you all later.
How do how do aliens harvest their crops? With tractor beams. <laughs> Where do aliens like chilling the most? The space bar. <laughs> Nailed it.